my brother like 10 times a day tells Alexa to make a fart sound and she, she gets into it. She's got like 20 different kinds to choose from too. Oh, and then she describes it afterwards. Like that was a long juicy one. Hey, welcome back. We are live on YouTube. Maybe who knows? I'll edit this out. Uh, we're going to talk about Dune and we're going to recast Tommy Boy. Welcome to Rum and Cinema. If you haven't already, like, share, and subscribe. Be a friend, tell a friend. All that marketing jargon. Uh, Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I'm glad you asked because people always say, how you doing? But nobody ever says, how doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I rescind my question. Nate, how you doing? I'm just trying not to laugh at the idea that you're going to edit it. Anything. Yeah, we're just going to hear Jake say, I'm good. And then we're going to go to Nate. <laughs> no just, just edit out the voice. Leave a long yeah. pause. <laughs> yeah, the, the pregnant pause will stay there forever. Uh, but yeah, so it's been a while. Um, we had some technical difficulties, and honestly, I didn't want to do it for a while. But here we are. <laughs> we're so, going you know, to do Dune. Sometimes it hits and you. We're going to do a game of Past Cast, Future Cast with Tommy Boy in current times. Which should be interesting. Um, so let's start with Dune. Nate, did you enjoy Dune? First off, have you read the book? Interesting question. I'm one third way through the first book right now. I not on purpose read almost exactly to where the first movie ends before I ran out of time and had to go watch the movie so we could do this podcast. <laughs> did you start reading before? Say again? Like, did you start I've, reading I've before tried to read, you were like, this movie? I've tried out? to read Dune three times, and I've never gotten further than I have so far. It's a boring book. I, I, I understand why it's, like, hailed as a classic. It was written a very long time ago, and a lot of the stuff in it is, was probably very original at the time. But I find it very, very boring. I also haven't gotten to the most exciting parts, I don't think. Uh, which brings us to the end of the first movie. Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I just, you mean where it gets exciting it's about to get exciting in the next movie really soon. So it came out in 1965 for those ones. Yeah. So like a lot of, so a of lot of really old science fiction that's considered classics aren't really that good. Uh, they were except Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. fantasy. And oh, it's, okay. uh, the book is <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Reading it's still kind of boring. It's pretty boring. I I've suffered through it one time. I I yeah I'm I'm I love Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and I've never once had the inkling to read it's read it. film form. I would still I would still rather read all three of those books than watch any one of the Hobbit movies. Of course. Them. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's anyway. So the book. Yeah. Uh, the book is exactly what you saw on screen so far, except a lot more political machinations and long mm. thought processes that really don't add that much. It's Yeah, well, it's supposedly, like, incredibly deep and complex in the lore and the world building. Yeah, and, and, everything. and I'm very interested in the world. And again, uh, you know, for people who've only watched the movie... 
we by the end of the first movie you haven't really learned that much about the world which is like the most interesting part that's also true of the book one third way through the book you're just like all right like i want to know about these magical desert people and then you just the movie ends that's where i am in the book right now yeah uh yeah okay I think I think they did a good job of not overwhelming an audience. Like me, I've not read the book or seen it in the original. This is my first experience with anything mm-hmm. Dune, and at the very beginning, they started introducing these um, like different types of people and these politics a little bit, and I started to get like, oh god, this is gonna be. I'm gonna have to remember things. But it was only three, so I thought that was a nice way to like introduce you to the story and have you be interested and not overwhelmed, like. Like Game of Thrones, like if you look at that book, every chapter is a different person, and you're like, "Nah, I'm never going to do this." Yeah, that's a good way to start. That's why I quit because I started reading Game of Thrones before it was even announced as a show, and I quit halfway through the book because I'm like, I don't know these characters. There's too many names. There's too many characters. I couldn't keep them straight in my head, so I quit. So I will say after because I'm in the a different boat. I've never read Dune, never Mm -hmm. seen the old Dune. Which, for some reason, everybody kept asking me about that when I was, oh yeah, I'm going to watch Dune. And everybody would say the new one. And I'm like, <laughs> is the old Dune a common enough thing that you'd have to specify? I think so now. That's weird. Like cool to watch now. But I will say, after having seen this, I really want to read because I don't want to wait to find out what happens. Really? Yes. I am very curious. And again, it's... I didn't even watch the honest trailer of the original dune because i didn't want to have it spoiled well reading it well, wouldn't be to me reading it. the book wouldn't be a spoiler <laughs> it spoiled the movie yeah david lynch made the first one That's it spoiled the movie because afterwards you watch the movie and you're like eh, the book was better no, no again no. except the ball so game. far not true for dune <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean Lord of the Rings is right on the fence for me. I would say, I would say the movie is as good as the books, but with the caveat that the books are long and they're boring, they're just they're just masterpieces, you know. There's, but the movies are masterpieces too, but they're just easier to digest. Yeah, there's like there's some stuff in the book, Lord of the Rings books, that I wish wish had made it into the movie, but I think the movie's a better way of like experiencing it personally uh which is not true yeah. for all i don't think it's true for all of them but it is for this i think it is for kind of for dune as well uh like compliments to the screenplay writers i think everything they cut out was completely unnecessary and what they left in was everything that should be in there uh i think it was done pretty well the only thing like uh the ua the, the doctor who betrayed them they did explain a little yeah. bit more why it was so inconceivable that it would be him in the book and that they completely don't do it in the movie. That makes them seem a little less like the Royal family seem a little less dumb for just like, cause if you, yeah. if you just watched the movie, Ben, like I was wondering, would did it not occur to you? Like how the fuck did they like let this happen? Like they're this, they literally own a planet and they got, got taken down in like four hours. Like it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Like in the book, they're all aware that it's a trap, which I think they cover in the movie. But the Doctor, UA, they they do a lot, like in, in the book, in this future civilization, 
there's a lot of people that are like conditioned, like they go to these schools and get basically brainwashed conditioned for their jobs. And they're like super specialized. And the doctor, he had like a diamond on his forehead. That's like a symbol that he was imperially conditioned. And it's like the extreme version of the Hippocratic Oath. Like he literally cannot do harm to his patients. Uh, That's the idea. He's mentally conditioned so that he can't like betray those that he's like supposed to care for. So it's like they keep going like they're like, we know there's a spy somewhere in the household but they can't figure out who it is and they don't even consider him because he's the one person that's beyond reproach. And right. He should be untouchable. And they still do because they like the bad, the Harkins torture him basically with the, I, the knowledge that his wife is being tortured for like a year straight. And that's what breaks him. And then that's why he's the traitor. And so like, it's, it makes them seem less dumb. Like they have their guard up against everyone except for him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, he just put them to sleep, right? With that yeah, pill. he, he like he literally gave them all a pill to like to tranquilize them, uh, and like they yeah. completely trust him because yeah. Okay. I mean, that plus, make a lot more sense. I think they showed the Harkonnen very convincingly as just masterful warriors. Mm-hmm. Like it, they, they, it was unparalleled, and they they talked about it too. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, you don't want to get in a fight with the Harkonnen, but actually. But I thought the Momoa's character was like the better than them, even. Well, yeah, but you know he's Momoa. That's actually interesting. In the in the book, they're not they're not portrayed as like ultimate warriors. You might be getting confused because they also get the empires like warriors. Yeah, the empires. Force. I can't remember the name. Oh, that's are they the ones who would like just immediately like show up and then flank people? Yeah, yeah. those those are like uh, the okay. warriors. They're actually like the Harkonnens, like they're not even worried about them militarily at all. But they get, but they get the Empire's word. Like the Empire gives them warriors who are like the best of the best to fight, and that's who destroys them. Yeah, that was weird. That I, I felt like it was about an hour and a half of looking at Timothy Chalamet, looking at Zendaya, which in IMAX pretty yeah. badass. I'm not going to lie. They picked two very good-looking people to have that be 90% of your screen time. <laughs> and then it was this weird witch thing that they kind of explained, and the hand thing was kind of interesting. Um, and he's supposed to be the Messiah, and he has these visions, then he takes action upon these visions. And that was it. Yeah. Like, that's that's the whole movie. Yeah, and I'm, I'm on the fence. Again, I, I have a... I feel like I have a weird perspective because i've literally read up to that point and i was very unsatisfied because i feel like for someone who's read the book it's probably really cool to, and if you really like it obviously then it's cool to see it come to life and you already know what's going to happen so like you don't need a resolution necessarily and if you haven't read anything then hopefully it's just like cool and intriguing i think it's pretty frustrating to not have any kind of resolution though like there's no I, I'm trying to think if there are any other movies that are like this that are literally just like a part one from the start. You don't get like you know the Star Wars movies are a trilogy, but every one has a story arc. This really didn't. It, I'm trying to think. Is there any other movie that just is clearly other than like Harry Potter Part One and Two for the Deathly Hallows, where we're like we were on board by then, we knew what was happening, but like I didn't know yeah. that. 
yeah, this this movie is just going to be cut into two or three parts. I don't know. Based on how far in the book, I'm guessing three parts. Are we just not going to... But there's no story arc. It's like, the book, it's only one book. Yeah, that is odd. Because you're right, like, we... Even the shitty hobby mo- kind of Hobbit movies that they split into pieces had had a how to start and finish well, each one. They I, that yeah, came I, that came to mind. Had they done Hobbit properly, it would have ended like that. Just, a, just and we'll see you in part yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, and it said I think I, I don't know. It did a good job of setting up the story. We got introduced to villains. Yeah. Um, I think to them, the resolution is not so much, I think to them, the character arc is Timothy Chalamet taking on the Messiah role, which he started to do at the end. And he was reluctant to do at the beginning. No, that's, that's, Um, that's, that's a good call. It's kind of like the Green Knight in that sense. Like at the beginning, it's kind of this like, uh, it felt a lot like Green Knight actually, now I think about it. Um. He was, like, not really sure about wanting to do it, but he, like, was interested. And then we see him at the end finally, like, okay, I can be that. This I know I can do this. And he literally became a man in their terms by killing somebody. So that was kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you could have done that in, like, 45 minutes. I mean, I think they needed this much time to tell this story. It's just interesting to me that 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 him accepting that that's the best framing i can think of for like a story arc like to me that was all rising action like we're yeah. we're literally like at the beginning of the hero's journey and then we should see like the other two parts but we're just like stay tuned like i just it's interesting <laughs> like i don't i don't know if anyone's done that before uh like just I'm literally in a, a full theatrical release two and a half hour movie and they're like stay tuned yeah <laughs> Did you see it in theater or at home? Uh, in theaters. Still not giving up on that. I saw it at home. Okay. I loved the sound design and the visuals were yeah. amazing. And Jake, I wonder if you had the same experience at home. I I think it carried over well. Maybe not the sound as much. Um, mm-hmm. I just I watched on the laptop with laptop speakers. But, sure. Uh, the visuals were just awesome they had a lot of it's weird because there's almost this dichotomy of a lot of what they're showing is desert and you know dark stuff and then a lot of stone and you know Mm -hmm. but a a lot of things that they show just really conveys just this whole world that they have and the scale of things they did a really good job with yeah like the worms like some of the the ships and the invasions and battles like those things were shown so well that you you just get this this sense of oh my god that's huge yeah yeah, yeah. nothing felt out of place or like not part of the world like it felt like a place you could visit which I thought was really good yeah it's really the other thing that I I read was the director is apparently uh, a big fan of the book hmm. and and he 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 like read that book you know when way back. I mean, I don't know when it was released, but sixty-five. And uh, he also said uh, that his his other movies that he has done, he he felt like were training for this. That this was the movie that he's been learning and building towards. One of the movies he made. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, 
Uh, Blade Runner 2049. It's Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve? I think that's how you say it. Villeneuve. Arrival. He did Prisoners. He did Sicario. A lot of good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, Dune Part 2 is 2023, and he's also working on a Dune The Sisterhood TV series. Wow, just... Uh, seriously, okay, this is part of what I was getting at with the uh, Stay Tuned. Like, obviously, this is a little bit where, uh, to me, where, like, movies and franchises are going. It's like, you don't have to release the first one and check if it's good yet, like, or good before you do the next one. They're just, like, they're signing for multi-deals. But I haven't heard of signing for a movie and a TV show simul. He's like, I got the Duneverse before we even release the first movie. <laughs> yeah. He's already got two movies yeah. and and uh, a TV show. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Well, I think they greenlit the second movie not too long ago. Like, after the release. Really? Because I was also curious yeah. if they were filming I... simultaneously. Huh. I remember reading... Shortly after I watched Dune, I remember reading that they greenlit the second one, and I was yeah. like, was, "Was it not assumed?" I was very curious. <laughs> how much? How bad do you? Have yeah, to I mean, I guess it could be bad enough. But for for Zendaya, I was like, yeah. we were talking. Taylor and I were talking about how weird it would be to like, like literally, all she did was film a few shots of that stereotype Instagram, like hand behind, follow me. That's all she did for this movie, and apparently, she was like on the press tour yeah. promoting it with Timmy. I, so I was like, well, maybe they filmed them simultaneously, and she's like bit done a bunch of scenes. But if not, that's super weird. Like she didn't even yeah. she talked to Timothy Chalamet for like a minute in the movie, and it was like, yeah, you. And no one in the cast. Like they meet her on the tour yeah. for it. <laughs> like yeah, she was on the press tour because I mean, obviously she's like one of the stars, but she's not in this movie. Yeah, no, super weird. No, I think Jason Momoa is in it more than yeah. her. You know what? I yeah, the for only sure. part I didn't get to in the in the book was that last scene of him dying, and so that was a shock for me, and that was really satisfying. I yeah, I couldn't believe they killed him. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that yeah. was wild. I thought the movie could have ended like a half hour earlier. Like we didn't need to like see him kill sooner him. or cut it cut out stuff sooner. Like like end it at the like them escaping and then leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. But then Zendaya would defend yeah. it all. <laughs> that was in the. I, I I think it ends better. I think it ends better where it is now because I think what you said, Ben. To me, it's less mm. it's less exciting that they just oh you know they escape where they're going. It's more exciting that he found the Fremen. desert people. Who's it's literally the remember. easiest. It's I'm so bad with names and it's the only one I know. Jake, come on, it's Fremen. Fremen, the Fre- oh right. yeah, the Fremen. The Fremen. Every other one is like 30, 30 letters long. The Harkonnens. Yeah. I don't know how to. So when I read a book, I don't, uh, I don't usually actually try to figure out what the words for the names are. I just skip over them, and so I never know how a word is pronounced, like a name is pronounced in a book. And I was like, as we were sitting at the movie, I leaned to the tailor. I was like, I'm probably gonna learn how the main character, like how their last name is said. Because I had no idea. I still don't... Atreides. Atreides, yeah. I, I was like, yeah. Atreides. Yeah, yeah they, really, they really hammered it into me. Yeah, they really yeah. want to let you know. Like, like, no, 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 this is how you say it. But just say, that's where I'm standing. I still didn't know Atreides until you reminded me, and I know Fremen. Come on. 
I thought a coma was always one word growing up, but it's two words. Like you're in a coma, not you're in a coma. Because I never, I never hear anyone just say coma, yeah. like comatose, sure, but no one's ever just like, oh, they're yeah. coma. Tasty like, coma wife. <laughs> That's the only time it's ever been said. That's it. You just, you just <laughs> nailed my coffee. Thanks, appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. Um, let's see. Anyway, yeah, finding the. Fr- I, I agree that it ended better where it was. For for what you said, like it's it's better for him to be like, all right, I'm I'm going to be the the Messiah now. Still not clear on how those things work either. Again, don't know if explain the book. Like you mentioned, the witch, the voice. That's not how I pictured it going. Yeah. In in the book, it seems yeah. more like they're just like they're really good at like saying it in a way that makes you obey, like without thinking about it. Not like it's literally a mystical power that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they know the right time to say yeah, something. It's like, persuasive. Yeah, like, sometimes yeah. persuasive. Sometimes, like, they just, like, they're, like, sit down. And, like, you just, it breaks your, like, brain. You, you But not, like, the way they portrayed it. Like, it, like, it was a power. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. And they. Well, I've, I feel like if you're, if you're showing somebody in a movie, there's no way to show that. It's hard. Yeah. Without, without adding the, you know. I thought it was a little over the top. Yeah. But but I I think it was over the top out of necessity is what I would argue. I was curious how they're going to, like, half the book is in people's heads. And a lot of of books are like that, but, like, less so, I think. Like, a lot of it is them, like, thinking through the political machinations and stuff like that, where it would be very hard to portray. Mm -hmm. I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think they did a good job of like roundtable discussions. Yeah, exactly. And like plotting among people rather than just like one dude being like, I'm going to tell my crew to do this. Yeah. And then they do it. You know what I want to know more about is the physics of the shields. Mm-hmm. Like the personal. Because yeah. I'm like, I feel like this isn't consistent. Because if it's slow, it can go through. If, if it's slow or close. Yeah, I really wish they would have explained it a little better. I hate explanations in movies. Like, what? Yeah. But like, because I felt like the shield was weird. That's the queen's brother, Jamie, the king's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, they have a scene where they set it up, which is the same scene in the book, where in the book, obviously, he knows. Like, he, he kind of is saying, like, like, yeah, if you get close and, like, slowly pull through, it's okay. But they do the scene where they he fights with the, the weapons master, and he says something really yeah. quickly. He goes, like, the slow blade goes through. Like, it's one sentence. Yeah. And I was like, you needed the... You needed to make him like just make him a little more like condescending, and he could have said it slower, and the, the audience would have got it. Rather, why is your James Brolin impression like a guy in anime? <laughs> slow go through. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it was like the fastest sentence in the entire entire thing. It, yeah, and I was like, you gotta yeah. you gotta explain that. They did. I thought they showed it visually was... really well with the uh, trank dart, but but they but yes. yeah, he could have been like he could have been like, watch this move. And like, this is how I penetrate. Like it, I, I wouldn't have been upset by that. And I'm very sensitive. Like, be aware. Yeah. Of this. Like this move in particular, it's like, see how I can pull slowly. Yeah. And that gets through. Like that's all we need. It, they also, I feel like they didn't quite do a good job with, cause I don't know how good of a fighter, uh, that, that main character is Paul. Yeah. Paul, because he got his ass handed to him at the start. 
in that yep. training bit, and he looked like he was still a novice. And then in the end of the movie, which is what a few days later, a few weeks, yeah. yeah. Then uh, you know he wins, and you just you just it, against one of the Fremen's like greatest warriors. Hey, I think that has to do with the knife. Remember, he got handed the knife, and that was like the start of the. No, Messiah. no. So he is he's amazing at fighting. What they don't what they don't get through yeah. is like that guy who he's who he's fighting with is also he's like a hero. He's like the two the Jason Momoa and that guy in the book they both have made it very clear like because like their house is like one of the best houses and they don't go into that but like he says like they look to us for leadership they're basically like one of the like right below the emperor like one of the top houses those two are their weapons master and they're like spy guy like they're the best. Like there's some of the best of the best. Oh, okay. so like when he's fighting him and holding so losing, his own, lo- like looking like a novice next to him doesn't yeah. mean anything. And it's also like yeah, they made that really. They made it really clear with Duncan, Jason Momoa's character, but not with James. Yeah, he Don seems Clark. like an army commander who's like inspiring, but like he's also also like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. And they make it clear. Would you recommend this movie to? Be yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say. They make it clear in that scene in the book, like, so he's like, I'm not in the mood. And like, he goes, Josh Brolin's character goes at him in the, in the book. Cause you know, you got his internal thoughts. He thinks he's trying to actually kill him. And he's like, literally, he's like, Oh fuck. Is he the spy? Who's like, and, and, oh. and it's like, he's going at him as hard as he possibly can. Like Paul is convinced that he's actually trying to kill him. Like that's how hard he's going in that sure. training scene. And, and oh, Paul still okay. manages to like, get the knife to his throat, he just would have died as well. Mm. Yeah. That would have helped. Yeah. I know. I really, I was like, oh, uh, when he picked it, I was like so surprised. He wasn't like, I thought you were actually going to kill me there or something. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I really was surprised I didn't say it. Dang. All right, that's good. So I'm saying it makes me want to read the book. Well, I don't know. It's a lot of you, I guess this is making me think, okay, maybe I did actually get something more from the book. Yeah. There's there's a lot of boring stuff right at the beginning. So Jake, if you do read it, like you got to power through the first eighth of the book. It's really boring. I stopped twice, and now I'm I'm getting more excited so about the book. Uh, like I said, I'm really like right at where he's actually going to do something. So I'm more excited now. I would recommend the movie. Uh, my only caveat would be, honestly, if I could, I would just wait till all everything's out. <laughs> I'm still trying to think, like, I agree with you that it's kind of an arc for him to be, like, I'm the Messiah, but, like, it's still, it's rising action. Like, there was no catharsis, like, from this, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, and I'm starting to wonder if the mom is a bad guy. Mm. Not, not far enough she to spoil wanted it to for go you. The city, and she thought that it was, like, his destiny was in the city, not with the Fremen. And he thinks his destiny is with the Fremen because of his dreams. I just think she's, one, she's a religious nut, which, you know, if I had magic powers, I would be too. She would not be bad. Yeah. Yeah, just will the the doctor, like, no. Get that AstraZeneca away. But the other thing is, I think he feels more connected to the Fremen because they feel more connected to him. What, like, besides the visions, where he's clearly having visions of the Fremen, and Zendaya specifically, but others as well, 
um, they seem to really like him because they think he's the Messiah. So I think he has a connection with them. And so he feels more like, okay, this is where I need to be. Whereas she's just thinking, okay, get these, you know, I don't need the desert people. We want to get as close to our own as possible to be safe. Interesting. Huh. I'm very interested in you, like, calling her a religious nut. Again, I'm, I'm interested in, like, how well they're communicating the stuff in the book. Uh, I don't feel bad potentially spoiling this for you, Jake. Like, it's, it's made very clear in the book, and we're not through it. But, like, the what what I, I, I picked this up in the movie. Uh, but again, it, it might have, I want to know if you guys did, you know, I read it, but like, she's not really a religious nut. It's this, her group, the Ben Gassert, Gassette, again, don't, don't do names. Which is what the Dune Sisterhood is. Yes. Like, is the they're, they're not religious. Their goal is to control like the politics of the system. They do have like their Messiah thing, but it's like it's it's like genetic breeding. They're trying to breed like favorable traits in people to produce exceptional. Ah, humans. okay. So it's not a religion; it's a almost a political cult. Yeah, they they literally are. They they make it a little more clear that there's these people get super specialized in this world, which is a really interesting sci-fi concept. There's like also the Spaceman Guild, which I think they say one time. Who are like super secretive and they're literally selectively breeding themselves to be great at mathematics so that they can control space travel. And the Ben Gassert yeah. are doing the same thing for politics, but they go around and plant religious uh, prophecies on planets, which they mentioned in the, they mentioned in this movie. She said like, I paved the way for you. They go and like over yeah. the course of hundreds of years, they go to planets and like plant uh, like Messiah legends so that they can use them later to take political control of planets. Oh, that's sick. Damn. Yeah. That's awesome. The law. Yeah. Game. So like, that's what, when like anytime any one of the locals, like, and it does seem like a weird coincidence to me. I'm not sure what's going on that he's actually meeting their prophecies, but like when they yeah. mumble to themselves, um, like he'll take to your ways. Like he's born into them when he like does the wet, the, the, the suit the still suit like yeah they planted that legend but like also how did it coincidentally work for him it might be like a commentary on religion right. and prophecies and how like you can just fulfill it by being smart i guess but well yeah that too and it's like you know you can make 20 prophecies and if four of them coincidentally come true you're not thinking yeah. about the other 16 you're you're muttering those four to yourself like thing yeah and I, I, I think that's what he was going for. But yeah, that's what they're doing. They make it very clear. And again, in the movie, they met, they, they say stuff, but like maybe you don't, you can't, context. you can't, you don't catch on unless you know. It's more of yeah. a nod to those who know than exposition for those who don't. Yeah, that's fair. True. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So yeah, maybe that does enrich it a little bit. But, but yeah, that's very much like the scene with the knife too is, is really, again, if, if you remember, she gets the knife and she says, do you know what this means? And she's doing a monologue in the book. And she's like, I know, I remember this one. Like they just plant the same myth across multiple planets. She's like, I remember this one. It's something about making. And she says the maker and she's not sure what she's going to say. And yeah. then the woman like freaks out because like she's starting to say the prophecy that she's expecting. And she just cuts her off and she literally stops talking on purpose. And she's like, lets her finish it. Like, oh. That's how like intense they are. 
in the yeah. Damn. All right, I like it. So yeah, I guess go see it, but read the book first. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the recommendation. You'll get a lot more out of it, or read it yeah. after. I think I'd more enjoy it after, like fill in those blanks after, because it's on HBO, so you can just like watch it on yeah, HBO. Yeah, and just do both. I say do it simultaneously. Read it, yeah. watch it. <laughs> read a chapter, watch caption, up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what drink would you put with this movie? I would do a really big tequila with a really big worm. <laughs> Genius. I like that. Hmm. I was going to do a super salty margarita. Like the rim is just thick crusted with salt. So you really had to go through it. Trying to think of a drink that's that's really complicated and you uh, make it all and then you can only taste a couple things when you actually <laughs> taste it. <laughs> Some, something where you uh, where you uh, infuse infuse smoke into the drink. I, oh, I was oh like, my god! Yeah. I was literally thinking like, what's one of those drinks that they say is smoky? Yeah, yeah. no one where they literally like use the gravity bong to smoke the drink, <laughs> and then you drink it. And you're like, I guess this kind of tastes like smoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. about the same. I like that. Yeah. All right, I will pick one of those for the title. You won't know who m- until good luck finding that name. Yeah, I'm just going to not pick yours. It's pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) I also wasn't using my good microphone until right now because it's a new computer I have and I didn't switch the audio. So it's going to be like literally the mic built into my computer until right now. Wait, perfect. on Discord is uh, Discord is my webcam one. Oh, okay. I was going to say. It's my webcam mic. But I'm recording on my laptop and it's been recording with my... It'll be a thing. It'll be fine. I I didn't even check. Uh, I just assumed. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. Um, all right, let's get to our game. Uh, we recast Tommy Boy, me and Nadar, and Jake is going to decide who does better. Okay. Yep. I'm excited. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with, we're going to go least listed cast up. So like Tommy Boy will be the last one. I got to bring up my IMDb so I can see who happier choices are. <laughs> me too. All right. So... so. My first choice for The Girlfriend at the Factory, who is played in the original by Julie Warner. Her name is Michelle. Everybody on their IMDb with Tommy Boy yet? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, thinking back, I really can't remember her that much. She's, she's, uh, she delivers some funny lines. She's like the one that's on the dinghy with him when the kids are making fun of him. Yeah. And she goes, she's in like four scenes. Yeah, but they're really good. Scenes. She was so I would. She was like, Alana I need a love. All right, wait, from, big who? Uh, Broad City, Alana Glazer. I don't know who that is, but let me see. Alana Glazer. Yep. Still don't know who that is. Yeah, she's in Broad City. She's hilarious, but she could play that part really well. I believe you. Yeah, Nate, who do you got? I got no one. All right, Julie Warner it is. Perfect. Jake, Jake, who wins the girlfriend? Ben does. All right, nice. Oh, uh, let's, fuck. Let's go next with uh, Paul Barish, originally played by Rob Lowe, the awkward love interest of the stepmom. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan Gosling because I think it would be funny to watch him 
do that role. Well, I've actually got one for this. Uh, Paul Rudd from Wedding Crashers. Specifying or, a specific Paul Rudd. Wedding Crashers. He's, yeah, he's the only douchey Paul Rudd. Uh, but he's I thought great. Bradley Cooper was in Wedding Crashers. Oh, you're right. I was, I no. was just going to say... No, my, it's my it's issue Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Oh no, my issue with Ryan Gosling is I don't, yeah. I can't think of him as like a douche. That's the point. He's supposed to play it off like he's not, and then he just is a dick in the back to everybody else. Uh, I, that's I. I can actually okay. Other than still just Rob Lowe, because he could definitely do. He could still yeah. play that role. He wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah, I can picture exactly that. Like being nice, Paul Rudd being nice to everyone. And then, act, like, off the side, just like this. Yeah. Like, I can right. literally picture doing the same exact motion that, Paul, that uh, Rob Lowe does. I believe that. Jake, who won? I'm going to say Nate won this one. Right. So, so far, we have Alana Glazer as uh, the girlfriend at the factory. And uh, Paul Rudd as Paul Barish. Now I'm mad because now I was... I had the Ryan Gosling page up, and I remembered there was the Barbie movie coming. So, oh, hell yeah! Uh, next, next up, we have Bev, originally played by Bo Derek. So, you know, a heartthrob from back in the day. So, I'm gonna go with Elizabeth Hurley, British lady, hot. Okay, I know her. <laughs> Nate. Second. Uh-huh. I'm just I'm just uh Jennifer Aniston's a good choice, probably. Like, no, 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 no. I got I got it. I just okay. gotta flip me. You're, you're gonna, gonna hate me. Emma Stone. Emily Blunt. Uh, I don't think she's old enough, but you know. Maybe. It's a choice. Jake. We're, we're, we're gonna say Ben. All right, we're fine. All right. <laughs> Nate, you got one. All right. So we have That's all that's all. Oh <laughs> now we're now we're getting to the main cast. So we got Big Tom, originally played by Brian Dennehy. Spoiler alert: dies in the middle of the movie. Whoa, whoa, it. whoa! Yeah, I know. Um, I replaced him with John Goodman. Wait, I thought John Goodman was actually dead. <laughs> uh nope, nope. All right, good okay. good news all around today. Yeah. What yeah. do you know? <laughs> Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> Nate, you got anybody for uh, Big Brian Denny? Frankly, I agree. No notes, but I'm gonna put Bill Murray in the running. Oh, that's yeah, that's it's respectable. But John, that's a John Goodman role. I like that oh, a lot. It's written all over him. All right, now we're back like to it. the big two: Tommy and Richard. Tommy, the bumbling oaf, and Richard, the sarcastic asshole. So for my sarcastic asshole, Richard, I have John Mulaney. Yep, that's just the right answer. <laughs> How big is John Mulaney? Big enough. For Richard? You can be a little spindly guy. No, that's what I mean. Is he's he a little... skinny. He's, he's a little tall. For you have, right. to, you have to do fat guy in a little coat. So... Yeah, John Mulaney's maybe. still skinny. John Mulaney's Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if this guy will be able to pull off Fat Guy's little coat, but we'll try. No, or you, you or you need you need an equivalent to it. Uh, okay. Are we still are are you are you thinking he's proposing John Mulaney as the the 
as Tommy Boy? No, no, no. Oh, okay. John Mulaney's skinny. He's still fat guy in a little coat, still weird. Okay. Until you hear my Tommy Boy. Choice. Yeah, I was gonna say if the Tommy is fat. Oh, here's sure, my Tommy sure, Boy. Sure, sure. Okay, here's my Tommy Boy choice. Yeah. Uh, of workaholics fame, Adam Devine. No. I think he's the perfect mix of dumb funny and stupid. And he thinks he's muscly, but he's like, he is like not bad, but he's like a little muscly. So imagine him doing the, do you know which, which way it is to the gym? Like that bit would be so funny with Adam Devine. That, you know, I, th- I really like that. He's just, he's too small. I know. I couldn't think. I'm not going to pick Horatio Sands. He lost. Right. Yeah. But. And he's a dick apparently. Like, you'd, you'd have to re, because a lot of, and not just in Tommy Boy. Josh but, Gad. Uh, a lot of his uh, comedy in general was oh, very right. like physical, gag yes. based. Oh, the big guy, you know. Yeah. So and Adam Devine is very physically funny. Like, yeah, he's physically no, I, I do funny agree guy. with that. Yeah, he could do. He could do. Tight, he could do some tight pants, and it would work basically the same way. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen him do it, honestly. Yeah, probably. So, Jake, do you agree, or Nate? Do you have a Tommy uh, Boy cast? I mean, I'm going Jack Black. So we'll see if Jake can get over the the fat guy issue. So Jack Black's old though. It would, yeah, I know. Just graduated college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Have you seen his uh, social media posts? Yeah, I, I believe him. If he shaved his beard, it would work fine. Yeah, but could you imagine fat guy in a little coat like that? <laughs> yeah, you're literally you're selling it. I, yeah, <laughs> that that would be great. I am continuously shocked by how well Jack Black can sing. It is really good. He's he's surprisingly good. He is really good. And you, you can't tell all the time because he's always doing funny voices or yeah. whatever, but he's good. He has a bit, but it's funny. Yeah. Are, yeah. are there any fat modern actors? Trying to, That's like, my I couldn't brain. come up with any. Yeah. Like John Goodman was it, and I already cast him. And I'm not going to yeah. put Josh Gad in it. I don't want him in it. And Jonah. I don't Hill's like. I don't like how you keep cool saying enough. Josh Gad. It's the only one I can think of. I know. I, I'm saying I don't like the way you're saying Josh Gad. I Melissa Josh McCarthy. Lovely. <laughs> I honestly thought about it. <laughs> I thought about a gender swap and having it be Tammy Boy. Tammy <laughs> Boy. Yeah. And, and call her Except I can't stand her. Right. So Adam Devine is the right choice. God. Prove I. Me wrong. Yeah. All right, you're the judge. You tell us. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to go with Ben on this. All right. No, I agree with you. So our full I actually, is, I think Adam Devine's pretty great. I think he'd be, I think I actually want to see like him try out for it if they were. Yeah. So our full cast is Adam Devine is Tommy. John Mulaney is Richard. John Goodman is Big Tom. Elizabeth Hurley is Bev. Paul Rudd is Paul Barish. Nice job. Fuck yeah. And Alana Glazer is the girlfriend of the factory. So that is our current day Tommy Boy casting. Uh, let's go around and get a recommendation for what to watch. What What's something we can watch? Uh, I don't think we've done a podcast on Squid Game. So I feel like uh, yeah. it's doing an injustice if we don't mention it at some point. That is on my it list. should <laughs> be mentioned, but if you're listening and you haven't heard of Squid Game, what have you been doing? Yeah. You don't yeah, have to watch it, but if you haven't heard anyone talking about it, and you're listening the, to a movie podcast, yeah, or like, you're one like, of our friends exactly who listen to happening. our podcast. 
Yeah, what is happening right now? Yeah. Just oh, watch man. Squid Game. And season and, two just confirmed? Yes. I'm excited. There's a lot they could do with it. We'll do an episode on Squid Game. I think we'll do one episode on like... Just to cover, yeah. Squid Game, for sure. Um, but yeah, anything else last for these folks listening? Uh, that podcast, Shit Town. Oh yeah, Shit Town. Listen to the Shit Town podcast too. That's amazing. All right, thank you for uh, listening. Yeah, no, go ahead, Nate. I was I was looking up the the thing. Uh, I'm recommending this to you guys, so I'll recommend it to everyone. Okay. Uh, it's called. You you have to like get on like a BBC thing to get it, but it's called the things things go wrong show, and it's it's incredible. Uh, the things go yeah. wrong show. Yeah, it's it's basically. Uh, basically this like theater troupe that keeps they they do a different show every every episode and shit just like go like a specific thing goes completely wrong and it like doesn't work at all uh is it just hard to goes wrong show yeah the goes wrong show there you go there you go uh but yeah they the, the courthouse episode like i was actually crying laughing i can't remember the last time i was crying laughing dang uh it's really good you can find yeah. it on Tubi if you're the one person who has Tubi. Yeah, I don't know Prime. where to get it. A friend had it. I still haven't gotten it myself. Uh, Broadway HD on Prime Video. Or there you go. Google it. I don't know. You'll find it. The wrong, the goes <laughs> wrong show. Yeah. All right. Nate, Jake, thanks as always for being on. Thank you all for you're listening. You're welcome. I do what I can. <laughs> we will be back. Next episode with Free Guy. Thank you. Have a great day. That was a terrible, terrible outro. Thank you. Have a great day.